0: time to talk the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from the 4 Diego's A-League season getting into the final few weeks and then it's finals time afternoon to you sir How
1: are you there Francis and thank god it's coming to the end (laughs) the way it's mapped out this season, the way it's panned out with such a big lead by Sydney FC and then a big gap to Victory who's got a big gap over third it's not a good look for and the me, it's awful and, and I, you know I, I, look I'll will stop my car if there's if there's a game a public game going on the side of the road and I've got 5 minutes I'll stop the car and go and watch it I'll watch anything right but on the weekend going and having a list have a look at some of those games I was thinking to myself the guys are just going through the motions waiting for the finals now. That's what I felt. And I um, I don't want to denigrate what's going on out there because I'm, I'm a huge cheerleader for sport. People know that. But uh, I don't know. It's just on the weekend, I've got that sense of, please, finals, come along because I think we'll get, Back to what the, the a leg's all about once uh, the real stuff happens.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt the Melbourne victory. Kevin Musket said he wanted his team to maintain a level of excellence because it needed to bring that to the finals. But watching that game on Sunday, all credit to Wellington Phoenix, Raleigh Bonavarchi's two goals in particular were worth seeing in and of themselves. But, gee, that was a team that looked as bored as I was watching it. Yeah. And that, that's a bad sign. I
1: I've I've, don't think I've seen uh, a victory team play with such lack of intensity. Um, I mean, when they've lost before and they've not played well, especially early in the year when Muskie was trying to get it right, they might have been second to the ball, but the intensity was there. Their timing just wasn't there or their, their form wasn't there. But on the weekend, it was like, I'd love to ask a question about what phase of training they're in right now. I mean, are they doing a bit of a mini pre-season in the lead up to the finals? Because they played like that. They played a bit tired. They were lethargic. Um, I don't think I got a, We got a sprint out of Rowhouse or, or Barisha. Not many second efforts. Both
0: those guys came back from international. That's duty what I'm too. thinking.
1: Maybe that's got something to do with it, the travel aspect of it. Um, but look, I don't know. It was just such a flat performance. But it's, it was worse than anything I've seen from Victory. So I'm kind of hoping that that was just the one off. Because uh, otherwise, we
0: were in for a bust of a final series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Sydney FC is so far away the best team. That we've seen in the in A League in all farewell. I know those Brisbane Raw teams that yep. won th- two in a row were, were pretty spectacular. This team is right up there. 9 4 2 9 11 16, if you want to talk about it, if you're a victory fan and a City fan. So disappointed yeah, with that. I know. I mean, nil all at half time. <laughs> yeah. They're in the game. Sydney FC pants them after half time. Yeah, but Francis, since the FFA Cup final,
1: City have been really disappointing. I mean, not, you know, of course they had their moments and they'll point to certain games and I'll Pointing to certain points in games where they've played really well. But this is a team, we talk about the Ferrari and the, and the, and the Rolls-Royce type teams. This is a team that's got those sort of players. So what's happened? You know, and, uh, and I just don't know whether, you know, look, maybe the finals might spark them up. Who knows? But they're in danger. Too late. Of, yeah, they're, Too they're, late. they're in danger of uh, missing a home they final cannot, now. They cannot
0: yeah. beat Sydney in the finals. Yeah. In fact, I would put my, you know, I'll put it down now. There's no one beating Sydney in the grand final. If Sydney loses the grand final this year, then Graham Arnold needs to to hang his head in shame. They have been so far and away yeah. the best team. If they cannot close this out then uh, it'd be a terrible, terrible waste of a year.
1: Yeah, the unfortunate thing is it's sudden death in finals, so anything can happen on their day. But I just wonder whether Melbourne City fans would think, with their inconsistency of this team and the lameness sometimes that they dish up in games, I just wonder whether the fans, even if they did go to a semi-final, for example, even make the grand final, whether they would still think that this club's had a successful year. Because, yes, they might achieve that, but... The second half of this year has been really disappointing for, for city fans out there, and, and I don't, like I said i can 't put my finger on it. Uh, maybe the coaching changes, maybe the, the coaches aren 't the coaching staff's not right. who knows? Are the players believing what the, what the coaching staff's delivering? Is it the players uh, is it the, 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 they keep on talking about uh Jakobsen, Michael Jacobson not being available every week you know, he 's not the reason why they no. dish up. A collective performance the way they do at times So um, I don't know They're, I think they've lost away a little bit But look, finals might be able to you know, resurrect something from them
0: right, Let's get to some calls At 28 past 2, Carlos Alberto Diego Is with us here on 1116 SCN Talking the world game, Rogers in Ringwood Hey Rod, how are you going?
2: Good afternoon man, how are you?
0: Good, Good mate
2: um, i felt this for a long time, not just this year But I do think the season is way too long I don't know why we play each team three times I'd be happy with just two rounds and then have you know finals and FFA and all the other stuff that goes with it. But I think the season, we don't have the amount of players that can tolerate... You know, the, the, the we aren't deep enough to play each team three times,
0: I reckon. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, argument because the other theory on that is that, yeah, three times is too often and there's a lack of... There's a sense of familiarity and, and people are a little bit bored with... Melbourne Victory have played City four times this year, I think, so including yeah, the FA F- Cup yeah. semi, FFA Cup semi-final. Uh, but the argument is to try to actually expand the competition, have more yep. teams uh, playing, and therefore get a, a deeper pool of players playing at the highest level.
1: Yeah, but I think also, I, I, don't, I don't think I felt the way I did on the weekend watching the games. Uh, I don't think I felt that before. So I think it's just the way where it's, it's petering out, it's sort of meandering to the finals because of the, you know, Sydney are, Sydney are so far in front, Victoria quite safe in second, uh, way ahead of third. I mean, I don't think I've seen that. For a long time, no, this and is... and I think that's the problem. But you can't do anything about it. It just seems to be this one-off. I don't think I've felt this way in other in other years to tell you the truth. i you know usually there's a there's a little bit of interest uh, at the top end going into the finals, and uh, and you know teams don't whitewash the way that Sydney has done this season.
0: Angin Peran, hello, how are you going? We'll get a, catch up <laughs> with you in a sec. Let's get out to Greensboro. John's with us. You can join us too. Nine forty nine eleven sixteen. G'day, John.
2: Yeah, good day, boys. Thank you. Look, I just wanted to pick you up on a couple of points. One is, I think Carlos, you said that you can't wait till the real stuff starts. Look, I I hate to be a Sydney City supporter, you know, hearing that, because the real stuff has been on for a while and they've ended up being on top by a long way. So regardless of what happens in the finals, no doubt in my mind that they've been the best team of the year. And as much as us Aussies love our final systems, it's a flawed system, so... You know, I knew Francis said that if he ends up losing the big game at the end of it, that he should hang his head in shame. Well, you know what? They might have a bad game on that last uh, on that last game, or they might have a few You can't injuries.
0: afford
2: to. You can't yeah, afford to. You've got to bring it, it. Well, if you don't bring it, it means you've had one bad game, and it shouldn't take away the season. So as far as I'm concerned, Sydney have won it this year. They've been the best team by far and away, and, and, and the same thing's happened in the EPL. So you look at you know Chelsea, they 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 are way ahead, and unfortunately that's the way it is sometimes. Sometimes somebody is that far ahead, and they deserve it.
0: Yeah, seventeen points ahead. Look, I agree with you in that sense. They have been the best team, but we have, and all the teams yeah. have agreed on this, that we will be judged by who wins the grand final. And even the players... Everyone knows going uh, yeah. in that that is the end game. Yeah, John, I've, I've heard Sydney
1: City players saying if they don't have a good final series, and that is go all the way and win it, there'll, there'll be something missing from their season. And uh, it's just an Australian mentality, the way we've done it. And it's such a big day, that grand final. Uh, but I, look, I, I certainly don't take away from what Sydney's done this year. They've done fantastically well. But you've got to remember where they came from. I think what, what the thing for me is, from a, from a coaching uh, point of view, what... Uh, Arnie's done to get almost 75% of the same squad as last year Turn things around. I mean, people were being sacked or on the verge of being sacked last year. And look what he's done this year with a couple of adjustments and and just a different uh, mindset. It's just been fantastic. And that's what I've loved. And if they back up again next year, they'll be up there for me uh, with the great Brisbane teams under Ange Postacoglu from a few years back.
0: Yeah, well, in terms of a point spread, they've got a better point spread than those Brisbane Mm. teams already. So uh, there's an argument that they have already eclipsed uh, those Raw Salona teams, as they were called, in terms of their return. But uh, 17 points clear on top of the table. That's extraordinary. Tony's in Doncaster. He joins us on 1116 SEN. Carlos Alberto Diego's with us as well. G'day, Tony.
2: Yeah, I've got a question. Um, Do you think the A-League should go back you know, to a, a normal winter style comp because we we're playing in summer often in you know, very hot and humid conditions which are not good for, you know, not, not good for the game and, you know, the the big bash league's only going to get, you know, bigger. Um, the women's football league's only to get bigger. So the clear air, the reason we went to the summer was to get clear air. Um, I can just see that um, uh, we're not going to get that clear air in the next few years with these other sports growing and should now. Players, you know, play the game properly. Not playing in you know, 38 degrees, high humidity. Often there's tropical storms in, you know, Brisbane and Sydney. Uh, should it go back to a winter comp?
0: Oh, gee, I, I can't see if it's that cool.
1: No, no I, look, I think yeah, obviously there's issues with uh, health and safety of players when they're playing in that heat. But if I don't know, if you ask the players themselves. Um, you know, it'd be a spread of what the opinion would be, but I think they kind of like not playing in the in the in the cold and training in the cold. And I mean, they're, they're doing their preseason in the in the winter, I suppose. Uh, it'd be interesting to get a get a, a sense from players what they would think. But I think from a from a marketing point of view, the reason one of the reasons why they moved from winter not only because of the state of the pitches and so forth, but because they wanted clear clear air from the AFL and the rugby. Uh, and okay the game's got to start stand on its own two feet at some stage uh, we can't keep on protecting it there's nowhere else to take it if, uh, it's just because just Big Bash in the AFL women's has come along we're, we're, we're an industry as it is we've got to make sure that the industry is working as well as it can we can get as much potential revenue as we can into the sport and just keep on building and building football is a genuine industry these days we're not like the old NSL or the state leagues. Now it's a, it's a business, and uh, there's a lot of money that's big turnovers for clubs and, and the FFA, so uh, we've just got to forget about trying to avoid things. You know, we've got to, for me, you've got to increase the length of the, uh, the competition, uh, get more teams in, and it doesn't matter whether our finals cross over with the AFL or whatever. We've got to stand on our own two feet. Ange in Peran, Hello. You're back
0: with us. G'day,
3: guys. G'day, guys. How are you? Good, mate. Good, mate. I'm an extended soul player. I prefer to play in summer, mate. I wish I could play in uh, Who did you little... play with, Ange? I played for Heidelberg, South Melbourne, and the old Adelaide City. Okay, There's Ange
1: Kudzoulis. How are Ange?
3: you, Ange? How are you guys? Yes, I remember <laughs> you, mate. And uh, you're a
1: great, you're a dynamic footballer in your day.
3: Okay, yeah, thanks for the compliment. Now, in regards to this current season and uh, the, the crowning of Sydney FC as champions, Um, I reckon when the whips are cracking, Melbourne Victory will be there. The boys are just having a bit of a lull. They're just going through the motions. It's quite obvious. Now, in regards to Melbourne City, guys, and I've watched them play every game this season. And you call them the Ferrari. Now, if you're going to drive a Ferrari, you better have a good driver. Now, for me, Mickey Mickey Balcanas, yeah, he's a good lad. Know him personally. You would have
1: played Uh, with him, wouldn't you, Ange?
3: uh, He was in the youth team. Okay. And uh, to for him to control a club like Melbourne City, I think, is, they're just going through the motions for this year. But in terms of them as a team and as a club and the way they play, unfortunately, I love Timmy Cale. But Timmy Cale plays in that team, or shall I say, a spot is found in his team, and I think it throws the whole system yes. the way they play out. Now, from the... Fonerole is one of the best strikers in, in this country that's probably played in this country in my eyes. Now, this boy's been pushed back to accommodate kale Unfortunately, Timmy is at a gallop. Now, he reminds me of Lucas Neal. Now, they've got to change the way they play, and I, I personally think they can go close if he's not
0: in the team. Yeah, fair enough. We've had this discussion. Sounds like you've got mail there, and yeah. <laughs> we too. We've had this discussion yeah. that they still haven't really found a way to accommodate But Riley. We
1: they would sort of you know, try to avoid the question when they announced Tim Kale's uh, signing at the start of the year. But for me, it was always going to be a problem fitting both Fauna Riley and Tim Kale, two great players in the same team. What role? Would someone have to compromise their role for someone else? And I think they've had to do that at different times. And that was a problem, I thought, even when. John Van Skip was there. It wasn't the Mike Volcanis problem.
0: Carlos Alberto Diego is with me talking the world game. I had some Premier League results overnight. We should talk about those before we catch up with Ben Williams, the director of referees at FFA, about this new video technology. And uh, it was an interesting night. In some respects, you can say for certain that Sunderland and Gonski, the Ox, will be devastated, but 2-0 loss to Leicester. Continued to win since uh, since uh, uh, Ranieri has uh, been marched away. So they've they're strongly to either win after win after win and suddenly tenth on the table. Yeah, six six in a row. Uh, Francis, do you reckon that
1: Leicester could have won it again if they had got that coaching, that managerial thing right at the start? Because they're playing the sort of football, you know, uh, playing a King Power now is it's a fortress that it was last year and you know they just uh, absolutely uh, even though it wasn't a great performance this uh, Sunderland performance but they just now got into the winning mood again that feeling again Barty's
0: scoring goals yeah. decisively and uh, yeah they could be contending again they would be, they'd be in toxic they're in top 6 form right now yeah Absolutely. So where's that been for most of the I don't know.
1: Well, you know, it, it just seems like it's the one man. I mean, all the evidence suggests that they had the wrong manager in or he changed his ways and that's why they fell away. But uh, it would have been really interesting. They would have dumbfounded a lot of people if they got in and around that top four again this year because everyone thought it was just a one-off, a miracle. Uh, if they'd been able to do it again, I tell you, there would be a strategy. People would want to be copying that strategy because without very much money spent... Uh, they did so well last year and they're they, doing well again there. Yeah, they've got plenty
0: mm. to play for with the quarterfinal of the Champions League coming up. In other results, important results in the Premier League, I'll just run through them before we uh, catch up with Ben. Burnley won, Stoke nil, so that uh, helps uh, the Burnley in their quest to stay off relegation. Watford, uh, they're doing reasonably well at the moment. Watford, they're ninth on the table. It's been mm. a great year for them and they had a 2 0 result uh, over West Bromwich I Albion. Mean, the big game was at Old Trafford. It was United 1, Everton won, with Ibramovic a late penalty from Zlatan to give uh, Mourinho team a share of the points, but they still sit outside the top four uh, by four points uh, from Manchester City, and uh, that would be a disappointing result for them. Good result for Everton, who are having a really good season. Ronald
1: they are, absolutely, and uh, I think uh, in the last Week or so, Jose's starting to turn on some of his players, not scoring with goals they should. He uh, had a crack at Luke Shaw, their, their full back, who is so highly regarded in the, UK, in the UK, broke his leg. That's why he's sort of been stalled a little bit. But he came back and and Jose openly said to the world that he doesn't train hard enough. Because uh, people are asking about you know, when he's going to be knocking on the door for a first-team spot. So uh, I just reckon there's going to be a huge clean-out at Manchester United at the end of the year. And uh, I think Man City is going to experience the same. I mean, These clubs who build to win things all the time, uh, I don't think there's much transition period. They'll just bring people in, big-name strikers, big-name defenders and uh, and make sure they try and get that short-term success every time
0: quarter to three a bit of a revolution happening in the world game and it starts in melbourne on friday with the introduction of a video ref technology it's been much talked about in football and soccer for for a long time but the fifa's finally got around to implementing a version of it and it's going to be trialled in a major league for the first time here in melbourne on friday night in an official match ben wilson is director of referees at ffa and he joins us to tell us what we can expect today
4: ben Good afternoon, gentlemen.
0: Uh, This is a, you know, it's a quiet revolution, but it's a revolution nonetheless. So video technology will be used. To Just let people know in what circumstances will the referee out on the park go to the video ref?
4: Yeah, sure. So there's four uh, key match-changing decisions whereby the video assistant referee can help the referee on the field. Um, So if the VAR, as it's called, uh, identifies a clear error in relation to goals, um, penalty or no penalty decisions, direct red cards and mistaken identity, then they can um, give that information to the referee who may then change his decision.
1: Ben, it's Carlos. Uh, Tell us about... Obviously, it's there to really try and overturn those howlers, those obvious errors in the game, uh, that referees haven't picked up for some reason. And we know, I heard a story just the, the other week that, you know, the psychological damage this does to referees when they are subjected, you know, they, ha- they have gone through that, they've made that obvious error and the next three or four nights they don't sleep and it's just, they're so stressed out. And some, there was one story that I heard that a referee wanted to retire, you know, after making such an error. Can you tell us about the psychology, or how it affects the psychology of a referee when they go through that, and whether they're welcoming this now themselves as something that could support them?
4: Yeah, of course. So, uh, obviously, referees in the A-League uh, are under immense scrutiny and pressure to get their decisions correct. Uh, until now, they haven't had the opportunity for uh, replays to, to change decisions or to review decisions. So they're pretty much the only person who doesn't get a chance to look at a replay and, and make a decision based on a number of different camera angles. So they've, in the past, made a decision immediately based on what they've seen, and occasionally they, they were getting those decisions wrong, and in some cases clearly wrong, and uh, that had an impact on them as you know they had to um, potentially sit through a couple of days or or even longer of of negative media publicity around the result or around the decision of the referee and questioning the referee's ability and and those sort of things. So in relation to the implementation of VAR and how the referees have received it, uh, they're quite welcoming of this technology because it is giving them that opportunity to correct those howlers, as you called it, um, and potentially... Uh, take them away from being the talking point of a match and returning the, the talking points around you know, the, the players and, and the, the things we love about football, such as you know, exciting goals and that sort of thing.
0: How's it going to work, though, Ben? I'll give you a scenario. So say you know it's late in the game, a ball goes into the box, there's an appeal for a handball, but the referee waves it away, the ball goes up the other end, but the video referee has spotted what he believes to be a deliberate handball. At what point does he intervene or she intervene in the game and tell the ref hang on you missed that bring it back we need to go to the spot and you need to issue a yellow or red card or whatever it is and the kick needs to be taken
4: yeah so the first thing to note is it's not so much um that the var believes it's a handball because because that's still a degree of judgment um so we're not asking if when we're sitting in the video referee box we're not asking was the decision correct because that's not that's a bit subjective what we're asking is was the decision clearly wrong and that's a much higher threshold So the first thing is, was the decision clearly wrong? Now, if it's a deliberate handball, the arm's well above his head and it's definitely hit the hand and the referee's missed it, it's it's a clear error, then the referee will be told by the VAR when the ball is in a neutral area, say maybe in the middle third, to stop play and uh, the VAR will recommend that the referee makes a review. Uh, So the referee will stop the play in in the situation you've given. Uh, He will make a a TV signal, um, which you've seen in other codes perhaps, um, and then the VAR will communicate to him that, yes, there was a, a deliberate handball in the penalty area. Uh, you need to... Um, I recommend that you go back and, and award a penalty kick for that deliberate handball.
0: Can I just ask you on that? It's important because one of the great things about football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, is its continuity, that if the game stops down for those moments, you're actually interrupting that?
4: Yes. So, But the example you've given is sort of an extreme case. Uh, in the trials that we've done, most of the situations... Um, uh, are not the ones where we've missed a penalty and the ball has continued to stay in play and gone up the other end. That is possible, but more often we're going to be using it for things where a goal has been scored and the ball is out of play and we're reviewing a potential offside in the lead-up yeah. or a referee has given a penalty and the ball has is out of play and we're able to review the decision. So um, the game will continue to flow in most cases like it currently does. Um, even when a goal is scored, there's usually a 30-second delay before play restarts and in most of our testing 30 seconds is more than enough time to to decide if the referee has made a clear error or not. So we don't see it um, in most situations as stopping the flow of the game. Obviously, the example you've given is an extreme case. Yep. In those cases, it will stop the flow of the game, but if we stop the flow of the game and give it a penalty and it shows that it was a clearly... Um, Incorrect decision to allow the game to continue in the first place, and I think people will accept that.
1: Yeah. Now, Ben, uh, Ben, uh, football is being you know what they are, and football coaches being what they are. Um, how do we stop the uh, the the lobbying for you know going for the screen, going for you know going go, go and check the uh, you know uh, what the replay, for example? Because uh, I can just see players surrounding the referee. Giving him a hug and Pointing saying, upstairs. yeah, let's, let's have a look at the screen. And uh, they're doing it already with the, with the big screen that Eddie had and uh, at Amy also. Um, you know, it, it, there is a suggestion that you know, players who do that and coaches who do that will get yellow cards uh, or maybe even get sent off if they're, if they're over the top with it. Uh, how strong will Australian referees be on that, uh, in, especially in, in this introductory stage of the, of the VARs?
4: Yeah, look, we're, we're trying. The players don't need to call for a, a review to take place. The, the video assistant referee will automatically be be checking situations that are within those four examples I've given. So, if there's a goal scored, or a red card given, or a penalty given or not given, all of these things they're automatically being checked. So they don't need, as a player, to encourage the referee to go to the review because it's already happening. Um, <laughs> oh, if well, it's a clear error, we, you, will, we will correct it. You're very, um, you're very trusting, man. <laughs> because I reckon they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. No, well, they need to be trusting. They need to trust that we've we've got the um, process in place. If it's a clear error, we will correct it. Yep. If it's not a clear error and it's just a contentious decision that 60% of people think is wrong and 40% think it is right, those decisions are not going to be changed. Hey, can they're I just ask, just,
0: just quickly, because we we're running out of time, will this system be in place through the finals as well?
4: Yeah, so we're starting on Friday and we're going to go through until the end of the season. Wow,
0: it's going to be interesting to see the first time it's called into action. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Hey, thanks, Ben.
4: No problem, guys.
0: And Wilson, luck. there, FFA director of referees, talking about video assistant. Referees. I'm excited.
1: I, I just, uh, you know, we've got the technology. Let's use it. I think they've done a lot of trials. If you look at the evidence of the trials they've had over the last year or so, they've they've trialed it everywhere. So I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, look forward to seeing it. It'll be in use on Friday, and I wonder if we get called into action there. Talking the world game and a couple of texts coming through. Uh, FFA Cup tonight, 7 p.m. Killer Park Recreation Reserve, yeah. local derby. Yep. Essendon United versus Abndale Heights. Now, you don't want to jump too high at Keelore Park because I played
1: there many times. And I'll tell you what, those Who were you low... playing with
0: for that green gully?
1: No, I was playing at uh, Albion Turkogucu, which is a Turkish-Scottish combine <laughs> from many years ago, which used to be the old Albion Rovers and the, the Turkish uh, sort of affiliate that they got together. And I played at Werribee also. And um, and if you jump too high at Keelore Park Reserve – you run the risk of running into a, a low flying plane from the airport,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: or you or you lose hearing because of the uh, of the actual you know the turbos from the from the uh, the engines of the air, of the planes, the low flying plane. So it's always windy, but it's fantastic. Uh, you know, it, it's an Austrian back club, Kiel Austria. And uh, they would have uh, some fantastic barbecues <Schnitzel>? after the game. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the best sauerkraut, the best you know, the German sausage,
0: the whole thing. Awesome. I, and we should acknowledge that this week was the 40th anniversary mm. of the National Soccer League. 40 yeah. years ago, uh, the first game was played uh, late last week, wasn't it? So that's an extraordinary achievement. It was the first the football codes to go national.
1: Absolutely, and uh, and there was a lot of dreams, a lot of um, you know, hopes for that competition. And I still remember my first ever NSL game. My dad took me to the South Melbourne. Um, uh, Brisbane, what were they called? Brisbane City in those days, I think it was. And South Melbourne had Malcolm McDonald playing for him as a guest oh, player.
0: Legendary Arsenal. Yeah, center. and he was
1: up against Cole Bennett, the, big, uh, the big coal mining centre-half for Brisbane City. And, uh, and I'd, I'd never seen anything so quick. And they were playing at Middle Park. I'd never seen anything so quick. I thought this was fantastic. I was used to state league, you know, people playing in the, in the normal state leagues. At a kilo and, and, uh, Yeah, and, and if you see, if you saw, it, uh, well, I saw, I still remember seeing a young Alan Davidson running up and down that wing on that left-hand side. And I'd never seen a better player in my life. So uh, that's the old NSL. I've got great memories from it. And, uh, and this, I think that, that was the foundation of what's happened in the game since. Happy 40th NSL. Yep.
0: Thanks for the memories.